Welcome to the KLE Podcast with your host, Sean Smith. Encouraging and equipping leaders with a kingdom mindset to inspire, to influence, and to impact your culture where you are every single day. And now for today's episode. Hey, good morning and welcome to the Kingdom Leadership Equipping um, podcast. <laughs> we are on the KLE podcast and the KLE podcast Facebook page. And this is Stephen Sean on our Friday conversation. Welcome. Great to have you with us. And uh, as usual, you are now participating in our conversation that we have begun. We Every Friday, Steve and I jump on and have a discussion about different points, principles, truths, insights, revelations, um, and uh, just really to encourage one another and uh, welcome Steve. <laughs> whatever. And that's whatever. Yeah. We talk for 29 minutes about also, everything. <laughs> it's true. We, we've been talking about all sorts of things, just catching up, but uh, we definitely get into a topic um, and sometimes the topic sort of grows into other things as we have this discussion. So we'd love you to stay with us for the rest of the um, for the rest of the video or the rest of the podcast episode and listen in. And um, you know, again, we're not sitting here as uh, gurus to try and say we've got all the knowledge and we're perfect in everything, and our insights are absolutely dogmatically true. Um, we are open and flexible to discuss these things looking at what the scripture says, what, what we see, what our insights are. Um, and hopefully the idea is uh, that, and we trust that it'll inspire you to think, to study, to, to ponder, um, and to make adaptions and, and make changes where necessary for your own life and for your own ministry. So that's what this is about. All right. So thanks for being with us. And here we go. Is this a, a point that I really thought about this morning, Stephen, and that, you know, it's pertinent to me as well. I heard somebody speaking about this. And um, in John chapter 17, Jesus says um, in verse 4, I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. By completing the work you gave me to do. Now, I, I understand that as, as, as something that Jesus had, but he was very focused. In Mark chapter Nine, he also says, for this purpose, I was sent to preach the kingdom of God. And, uh, and Jesus was totally focused on, on what, he, what he was here to do and to accomplish in the time that he was here to do it. And um, I was thinking about this. I thought, you know, how many leaders get off track from what God's original mandate to them was given. Um, what that original assignment, what that original vision was. And, and uh, you know, what stirred them right in the beginning. And they get off track. They get into all sorts of other things. And, uh, and then they lose that focus. And that's when... It seems like nothing works. It seems like um, 
there's no grace in on their life anymore. They they now they're working it. You know, they they actually they've lost that inspiration. They've lost that sense of listen. I don't care about anything. I'm just going to do what God's told me to do. But now they get all these silver bullets, these shiny objects. They've read like hundreds of books, which is great. But they've got all these books and all these little methods and formulas, and they see this one successful and that one doing this. And, and now they try and incorporate all these things. They add more and more programs, more and more things to their, to their um, little menu of things that they've got going. And menu, and I did it. I was involved in that. And, you know, and you try and involve more and more people. In, in, and so now you're manipulating them to get involved in all your programs to keep it alive. You're trying to breathe breath into this thing flogging that donkey man you flogging that donkey but um yeah so i just thought about that i just thought you know how many of we 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 lose so many pastors from ministry at the moment and they're overwhelmed and and we i mean we've discussed this before but i think not i think i wonder if something I want to take it to the root today and just talk about that original thought, that original idea, that original capture, that original passion that we had, you know, is like what happens to that? We get sidetracked. Yeah. Connie said something to me the other day as I was walking out the door, she said, something's happened to you. And I said, what do you mean? She said, you're, your walk isn't even the same. She said, are you feeling okay? She said, cause your posture is totally different than what you've always carried yourself as. And uh, basically I wasn't carrying myself as a warrior. I wasn't carrying myself as one who is victorious anymore. I was carrying myself as one who is kind of weary in a battle. Yes. And, uh, um, you know, she's not used to seeing me do that. A lot of times in the midst of the battle, like it says in Jeremiah, now, because you haven't heard anything from my mouth, now you've gone from one to another and you've tried to hear my words and then you repeat them, but I've not spoken to you a thing. <laughs> you know, we, we forgot that this whole thing is about relationship. If we don't have anything in the well, we have nothing to give that it's supposed to be out of our bellies flows a river, not, not try to bring up an old dry cloth and wring it out, whatever we can get from it. And uh, if that river is not flowing, it's time to get back with him and find out, like you said, find out what, what it is that really sparked that very first thing. Like, like Paul says uh, in Philippians, he says, if I can just apprehend, that for which I've been apprehended. Yes. That's what I desire is to go back and apprehend that for which I've been apprehended. Yes. And then I can go for the then I can go for the mark of the prize, the high calling in Christ Jesus. But if I can't even apprehend that for which I was apprehended, I mean I'm just running around in the dark. Exactly. I think we have to like reorient or or relocate ourselves. And, the right. re, and rediscover, and I'm using the word re um, very uh, pertinently because the word re is to return to. Right. 
you know, we talk, and for me, is I'm always talking about the return to Genesis, the return to the origin, the return to the source, the, the return to the original mandate of, of Adam, man. Um, but in the same thing, I think that, and it's something that, you know, for me as well, is like, I, I've sort of, to be honest, just from my own disappointment and disillusionment, um, you know, and, and my own sense of like, okay, I don't want to lead really in the church world. I, I don't want to, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to avoid it with everything in me is just like, it's easy for me to run the, the kingdom leadership equipping group because it's like, I can, I can do it from a distance in a sense. I can put out the content, put out, motivate, inspire, whatever, but I don't, I'm not engaged as much as, um, I need to be, and and it, not so much from the people. The people are always, I mean, you know, people are people, and they they do strange things. But but um, <laughs> but mostly from leaders, you know, the people that aspire, who are ambitious for leadership, is just been it's been hard. You know, that's been that's been the the, the biggest battle. You know, I wonder if that's why Christ it says drew himself away alone many times um i mean because it wasn't just once or twice um you know as it was his habit you know he would draw himself away alone uh for a period of time just to like you said reorient or to reconnect or to whatever it was in fact almost every single well i was gonna say almost Every single time there was a new push or there was a something new happening, the man, the man that God had put that vision in his heart, it was like he took him alone somewhere, whether it be for 40 days, 40 years, 40, you know, it was for a season of time to where when he came back, he was, he was not the same guy that went out into the wilderness, but it was, it was always and the wilderness experience didn't happen right at the very first after the person was quote born again. Yeah. You know, it happened a while. Paul, it happened a few years afterward. I mean, he was arguing daily in the temple for a long time. Yeah. And then finally went on the backside of the wilderness for a while. And when he came back, he was totally changed. I mean, he didn't, he didn't come to argue anymore. Yeah, exactly. Uh, or try to convince. Yes. Because uh, that's what that word means, um, you know, enticing words. He didn't come back. The word entice means to convince. So he didn't come back with a, with a convincing type attitude. He said, hey, if you follow, you follow, but let me show you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and, he, and he was very focused on, on, on imparting what he had in, right. into a few rather than the many. Right. And who he was sent to, too. I mean, that was the thing. He was very, yeah, very honed in on his demographic. Yeah. Just a certain. And Jesus was as well. And Jesus told true. To, the, to the disciples. I mean, he said to them, he said, you go to the lost sheep of Israel. You don't, you don't go anywhere else. You don't talk to anybody else. And you don't greet anybody else on the way. In other words, because greeting, you know, we think greeting is like, hello, how are you? But he's, he, the Eastern idea of greeting was actually, 
engaging people, um, spending time fellowshipping with them. So it wasn't just a hello, how are you? It was like, don't greet people. Don't get distracted from right. your, your, but the thing is, you know, that was the original, uh, their original mandate. I give you power and authority to uh, preach the, you know, the kingdom of God and heal the sick, raise the dead and go to the lost sheep of the people of uh, the children of Israel. And, and then, they stayed with that. I mean, Peter's stayed with that, you know, and right. all comes along, tries to fit in with Peter's like, okay, you know, and it wouldn't work. Yeah. It didn't work. I mean, all he got was more frustrated than there was the whole, the whole thing was at one point it says when, when Paul left, there was rest in the church, you know, because <laughs> zeal, he was just like up there preaching and doing whatever. But the thing is, once he left and he went um, to the backside of the desert, now he comes back. It's a totally different. I mean, he has conflict, but it's, it's, um, it's different, you know? Right. And, and I wonder if we, many, many haven't, and I'm not just talking about, pastors and apostles and gift, you know, the giftings of the, of the uh, equipping giftings. I'm talking about just people is like some people have never discovered their true mandate, their, their, their real mission in life. You know, what is it that they are called to do? So they're always wandering around. And I I was thinking of a scripture from revelation, but I, I think today I'm speaking, I want to speak specifically to those that, were there and now I've got involved in all sorts of other things and they've lost that initial thing that that initial thing that fired them up is like when you lose your sense of purpose I think you lose your sense of of your boundaries right I think you lose your boundaries I think you lose that that grace place that you have um and and you uh you lose your focus. And when you lose your focus, you're not engaged in what you're doing anymore. You, you sort of are, are floating and anything goes and a little bit of your, your internal fiber, you know, it's like a, a, the donut with a hole in the center. You know, it's just like, it's not explosive. It's implosive. It begins to, you know, it begins to fold on the inside. And, and, uh, and I wonder if there are not people, you know, a lot of leaders like that who are just struggling um, to find their place again. Revelation says, remember from where you are fallen. And I think it's not just, if he was talking to the church, he wasn't talking, so he wasn't talking to sinners. He was saying, this is, you know, remember where you were, the passion, the purpose, the the conviction you had, what right. started you in all of this. I know we grow and we develop. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, new things open up to us, new insights. Um, the cause in, that, that we have in our mission grows and it becomes a deeper sense of, you know, I, I know for a fact, is, you know, from where I was 40 years ago to where I am now, I'm very passionate about raising leaders. I'm very passionate about it. But I'm wondering, for me personally, Am I focusing in the right areas? You know, it's just um, it, a lot of times, like you said earlier, we start getting into autopilot. Yeah, it we've gotten so familiar yes. uh, with things that that we just tend to put it on go and just keep going. 
yeah. uh, like a program or like uh, whatever. And we've got these programs being generated. And so now we're a generator of programs as opposed to a generator of life in Christ. Yeah. And that's, that's, it becomes a, you said something uh, just a couple minutes ago about the boundaries. Did you know, well, you probably, you know this, but in Isaiah, <laughs> Isaiah chapter 10, I think it is. It says that the very first thing that the Assyrian or the enemy does is he comes in and he removes the boundaries or the bounds of the people. First thing he does. So nobody knows where the boundaries are. Yes. They don't know how far he's come. They don't know what to do to keep him out. There are no boundaries anymore. It's just they're gone. And then it says he reaches into their treasures and he robs their treasures. And then he puts down the inhabitants like a valiant man and nobody moves the wing, opens the mouth or peeps because they don't know where the boundaries are anymore. How can you even say anything if you don't know that there's a certain limit that you can come to and that, that far and no more? If you don't know that there's boundaries, if you don't, I mean, and I'm not talking about as far as the enemy can go. I'm talking about your boundaries in the kingdom of God. How far out are those boundaries? You know, how far out did he put those for you so that you can go and walk the boundaries of the kingdom of heaven that is your place to walk and begin to claim those places and begin to say, this is what God sent me to do. If we lose that, if we lose sight of those boundaries, that's the first thing the enemy does. Once we lose sight of that vision, you know, if, if I don't have a vision, the people, let me see, they perish for lack of knowledge. They're destroyed. Without a vision, they're destroyed. Yeah. Well, it, the, one of the translations says the boundaries are removed. Yes. Yeah. So here you have no more boundaries. And... Now we wonder, you know, how, how far I can go. Uh, and, but we end up being relegated to this little circle that we keep running in. And we wonder why we're bored to tears or wonder why we have no life anymore or wonder why nothing's happening. Well, it's because, it's because we don't know the extension of the boundaries that he gave us in that very first thing when he said, let there be Sean Smith, <laughs> you know. Yes. Let there be life right now. Yes. And that's how we were created too. I mean, it wasn't just like um, our parents decided to get to, well, not our parents, but I mean, your parents decided to get together. Mine decided to get together and create this human being. It's God said, let there be this person. Yes. And so there, I was a choice. And so there was something that God put on this earth. And there's a reason for that. Yeah, and I have a certain boundary. I have a certain measure to fill up in yeah. the kingdom of God and to go walk those boundaries again and say, this is where I'm placed. This is who I am. This yeah. is what I'm here for. And I'm taking back ground. Yeah, no, exactly right. I, I'm, um, well, you know, the thing that over the years that I've begun to understand, I'm, I'm looking for a scripture in Colossians where it talks about, about the ministry, he says, fulfill the ministry that you've been given. And um, and I can't remember where that is. But anyway, um, but he, he, 
what I understand is, is that um, we, big or small, and it, it normally starts small. You know, we're always waiting for, for the big thing to happen before we begin to move. But it starts right. small. So Paul says, he says, we, we do not operate outside of the metron, that's the measure that's been given to us. Right. In Corinthians chapter 10, you know, he says, this is our metron. This is where our measure is. And, and we've got to know our measure. Um, but in that measure, we, we, we have a grace. It's a grace place. It's a place of grace. And when you're in your grace, you have contentment. You have, you don't work to make it happen. You know, when I first went into, into pastoring back in those days, back, way back in 1990, I remember the thing that struck me the most was, because I, I mean, I was like, I was so scared that, that this wasn't going to work. You know, look up when Michelle and I planted a first, our first church and God gave us our first, you know, first bunch of people, and and we went off. We just decided because nobody wanted to acknowledge us. So and, and it was, you know, everybody was rejecting. So we went and started something. We just started rented a hall. It was like you had to do it like everybody else. Put up a banner, <laughs> and uh, God heals today. Jesus heals today. Big banner, big red and white banner, big. Oh, really? You put out a banner, huh? I stuck up a banner. I put adverts, half-page adverts in the newspaper, man. This- oh, yeah, that's what I did, too. I took out big full-page ads and, oh, and, and I picked several up some weeks in a row. Because one of the religious guys didn't believe in healing that, that actually subscribed to the news, wrote in letters. and Anyway, so I put up this big banner. So I forget the newspaper. I'll just put up my own big banner. I'll leave it up there for for all week and, and then take it down quickly before the police came around and, and, um, and we rented this hall. I mean, it was a massive hall, but <laughs> yep. And we had oh my land. I didn't realize you did the same thing I did. <laughs> that was in the eighties. So we started in the eighties and we grew to, I mean, the huge crowd of 10 people. No, really? No, I had two. <laughs> Now we got 10 people at least, and there was no music. I used to lead praise and worship vocal only. And um, and we had overhead projector, you know, with, with the choruses. And, um, and and God, I mean, we just had incredible times, and we saw incredible miracles. I, I pray for people. That's what the God honors his word always. Then in the 90s, I was so scared to start again that nothing was going to happen. And I was like, oh, my word. You know, my, my wife won't believe me anymore if nothing happens, you know. But then God gave me this. I saw, I was reading through the Bible, and I saw John the Baptist went into the desert, and people came to him in the desert, and he baptized them, and he preached there. And I thought, if God sends you to a place, and God... Right sends you to your metron right you have grace people will they will fly airplanes they will climb in up mountains if they have to to get to where the life is and that's the important not where i am because those days we thought it was about i carry the anointing and i'm right 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 and so they're all going to come to me but it's not about that it's about if you're giving them life they can come to this and right uh, and and that that's what held me. And so within the first, we started then in a small town, not a big place, a small little town. And within six months, we grew to over 70 people. 
and we were having things happening and whatever else. And, and, um, and that became like, that is the grace place. Now, Michelle was convinced we should have stayed with the 10, uh, but I wasn't. I, I got so disillusioned with that whole thing. And I just said, you know, if, if I knew now what I know, that, if I knew then what I know now, it'd be a different story. But I just got, you know, the Christian center kind of thing wasn't working. So I just right. like, and I got, and again, it was leaders. You know, I turned to leaders to, for encouragement, for insight. And all they gave was, what is your, what is your tithes and offerings every week? I said, oh, about 30 rand. You know, and they're going, oh, boy, you're a failure. You know, it's just like, I think you need to pack up and come back, come back to Johannesburg, you know. So, I, um, so that's what I did. I got so disillusioned with all of that. I just packed it up and went, took a job, studied marketing and said, you know, I'm going to become a marketplace guy. And, forget it. and then we're sitting in a meeting like, a, two years later, we're sitting in a meet. I'm sitting in a meeting in a conference, and um, in a conference at Rama, Johannesburg, and Pastor Rama Corley gets up and he prophesies, and he's and it was like he had walked up to me, put his finger in my nose, and said, "This is God to you." And he was like, "I put a word in your mouth. I told you to speak that word, and you've been disillusioned, and you gave up everything. But I'm telling you, not to give up everything. You are. I didn't tell you to do anything else. And and oh my word, I went home crying. I sat with Michelle. We cried all night. We repented for our attitude and all the rest of it. And I said, "Well, God, if you want me in Cape Town, then you will." then you've got to do it because I have no idea how we're going to do it. She repented for your attitude too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, you will not believe this, but it was two months later, two months later to the nearly to the day, two months later, my managing director of the, I was working for a, a, a national organizer, a corporate organization at that point in time, he calls me in and he says, um, okay, listen, um, I've got something to present to you right now and um, I need a decision in the next 24 hours. So I said, oh, what's that? He goes, um, okay, so the product specialist in Cape Town le has left and uh, I need you to take his position. And this is not a debate. This is not an argument. This is not a negotiation. If you don't take it, you're getting fired. So you, I, Holy smokes. And he says, um, we'll move everything down to Cape Town for you. And, um, but we want you there in the next six months. And, wow. and so God put me right there at that point in time. But anyway, the point is, is that that was where the grace place was for that point in time, you know, and, and um, it was the place, the associations that I needed to be with the right people. That's when I met Dave, etc. cetera. And um, uh, so I think we've, We've got to sit, take a time to take a step back and say, am I really where I need to be spiritually? Am I really where I am, where I need to be? You know, because we can run on a lot of knowledge. Right. We can run on our experience, but when it comes down to it, none of those things matter at all and unless we are in our place of grace. Right. And, and uh, and, uh, you know, a lot has happened. A lot has happened from, the, from that time to now, uh, you know, a lot of, and, and, and this is what I want to bring in here is that I wonder 
if we don't step away from our grace place, because when you're in there, it's hostile. It's not, it's, it's easy. It's, it comes with um, right. ease, ease, but it's not easy. It's, it's got conflict. It has, you've got a, you've got a war in that place, but right. when you've been, you know, when you've been hurt, you, you, you tend to have a limp. Um, and now you, you know, when you was talking about your postures change, you've been through a lot in the past couple of months, you know, yeah. and, uh, and, uh, and like you, like me is we've, we've had to go through a lot of experiences with leaders and, various people impacting upon our life. And of course, when you're outside of it, you even, even you see it more, you know, than when you're in it. And so, um, you know, and then you catch yourself suddenly saying, you know, have I become so disillusioned, so disappointed and in a sense cynical to the whole thing that I, I remove myself and make myself, um, isolated, defense, defend, defending myself from anything that can take place anymore in that realm, you know. Right. And and uh, and a lot of so a lot of um, I don't want to use the word depression. I don't know if it, that's the right word, but just a a state of like um, what's the right word. Um, the um, if I may interject something yes. here on that it says do not I do not frustrate the grace of God. Okay, yes. the I was explaining something one time to a guy that he used to work for me, and he says I I just I know I'm supposed to be doing this. I know that you know this is what I'm supposed to do is is work with you and do this um, landscape design and construction. You know I'm 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 been construction all my life. The problem is, is that everything he did, I had to fix. Uh, I'd spend two days fixing something that he just spent most of the day on trying to make work. And um, it was costing me more time and more. I mean, I appreciated him being there, but I said, what do you really, when it talks about grace, the anointing or the, the, that type of word, that whole, that whole scenario means you're slickened or oiled. Yes, exactly. It's easy. Yeah. It's easy for you. You just kind of slide along. But once that anointing leaves or the oil leaves, it's like you're having to drag something every single second. Yeah. You try and it becomes, yeah, it becomes a burden. Yeah. It's dry. Uh, it's abrasive. Um, it just doesn't work as easy. And that's where you begin to frustrate the grace of God. It doesn't mean necessarily location. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of times returning back to not even returning back, finding out where that slickness is now. What, what is it? I am slick at doing. What is it? That's great. I'm graced at doing. Yes. Well then, let me find that. And the guy says, "Well, I, I really enjoy working with uh, handicapped kids." I said, "Well, what's keeping you from doing that?" He said, "Well, I'm not certified." Well, what would get you certified? He said, "Well, I can go down here to the school. I can start working with them now, and then get certified while I'm working." I said, "Well, 
Why don't you do, I mean, just, you know, as a suggestion, if that's what's life to you, if that's what's peace to you, I said, don't you think whenever you frustrate the grace of God, it frustrates the grace in everybody else around you? It's not just you, your family. It's, it's everybody that's even associated with you. It, It frustrates that grace with them too. So find that place that you're slickened in and get back to that oil and you'll find out that your life works a lot smoother. Yeah. And um, he was, he ended up leaving work that next week. And of course the grace, the grace was back for me quite a bit because <laughs> I didn't have to spend. Oh, grace was also back. Yeah. yeah my, I felt a lot more peace in life, but I mean, I, I was glad he was there, but it was just, it was one of those things that I just, you know, to find out where that grace is, that oil. And I remember somebody telling me one time, he says, you don't even realize you're prophesying, do you? And I said, what do you mean? He says, whenever you speak, when you're in that mode, he says, you're so slick at it, it it comes out, and you don't even realize you're speaking the voice of God into somebody's life that turns their course and direction. He says, you're not trying to do it. He said, it's just, no, it's, he said, it's just the grace of God on your life. And he says, you don't even know, you don't even know when you hit that, do you? I said, no, I really, I probably have never paid that much attention to it. I'm just speaking, you know, I'm just talking. And he goes, that's where the grace is. He says, don't, don't frustrate the grace or try to try to talk it down or try to minimize it or try to, um, try to excuse it away or anything else, you know, just go ahead and do who you are yeah. and allow that slickness, allow that oil to return back to your life. Cause it's going to not just oil that area of your life. It'll oil every other area of your life. Exactly. Exactly. So. And I think you're absolutely right as well. When you find that place, it's the, the, the places and the, the graces and the places, you know, and it's not, not location. I mean, there is a, 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 a location. Sometimes God locates you, you know, right. Once you he sends you to a certain place. Yeah. And, and you can't just, you know, do anything like, Oh, well, I, you know, I can go anywhere, whatever you desire, you can do. And I, I used to believe that, you know, it's just like uh, whatever desire is in your heart, that's what you do. But, but, you know, is it God's desire and is it the look, what he has issued a mandate for you to do, you know? And so, um, and I think is, you know, we need to get back to that place. I was thinking of this scripture in 1 Corinthians 12, 8, and it says, but in fact, God has arranged the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. And, and, and he says, if they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. And, and we've, we've got to know what our part is and where he's arranging us. The word arrange there is the word to, to set, to, um, let's see if I can read my own handwriting here, to put or to place. So to, to set, to put or to place where he wants that part to be. And so he's arranged us for that. And of course, we're talking generally, most people don't know what their place is. They just prepared to sit in a pew. And I think a lot of that is 
because of the equipping gifts, they haven't equipped people to find their place. And, and, uh, but then again, we, you know, is that when we, we've, when we've known our place and then we move away from our place. Now we grow in our place. That's the thing is the Metron starts small, but Paul says it increases um, in uh, 1 Corinthians, I think it's 9. He says, um, am I not free? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus our Lord? Are you not the result of my work in the Lord? Even though I may not be an apostle to others, surely I am to you. For you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. Um, and that wasn't the one I think that I was referring to. But he talks about it, in, it, it increases um, their, his grace. In, he said, you will be the ones that increase our our grace or our, you know, so as, as our faith works, as we work, as the grace grows, as we grow in character and we grow, the whole thing begins to increase, you know, and, and so um, it doesn't mean that there's not a limit. There is limits to it. I think we need to understand the limits that we have. Um, what can we manage? Cause God will never give you more than you can manage. You know, you can, you can lead with great vision, but can you manage what you have? And I love what somebody said, uh, um, a, a friend of mine, well, friend, a friend on, online, he's also the leader of a Facebook group called the Leadership Tribe. And he said, he said, God will never, you, you'll have this big vision, but, but God will increase you in your management ability to manage that. When you reach that, that's when you see the vision come to reality. And so, Many times we don't manage what we have and then we can't see the rest, but that's another topic. I think today really what I wanted to say is like we've, we've, we've got to move beyond um, and get back to that place, regardless of what's happened, regardless of the experiences we've been through, the people in our lives, etc. You know, is we are needed, you are needed in your place in the earth, in the body of Christ, doing what you're called to do, um, you know, because every single person has that calling. It's not like some special few. Everybody has it, but you've got to obey it. You've got to step into it. We've got to stay with it because, like you said, that's where we oil. That's where the influence really is. If you're trying to work in an area that you are not graced for, you are frustrated. You know, it's not just you frustrated. Well, you you frustrated because the grace of God is frustrated because there's no grace for you in that area. You know, God's right. saving grace, I think, is there. You know, God will always take care of you. And But that's the thing is many times what we think is because God is saving us in a situation, we're okay. And right. not the case. You know, we've got to step back and say, uh, and, and this is a challenge to me right now. I'm, a, I'm being very transparent about it today, but this, you know, for me, it's like that this is a challenge now is like, okay, I've got this going, you know, is that, um, but what is the focus? What does God want me to focus on? What is my grace and what else? What is the origin origin? What is the origin of the vision of the conviction of the, of the thing that stirs me up, that keeps me focused, that keeps me engaged and that increased in my life. That brought prosperity. That brought the oil of God in my life. You know, um, yeah, that's there was a um, there was a prophecy that that the Lord gave me a while back for the body of Christ, and I just wrote it down. You know, because I had nobody at that point to give it to. 
but uh, it was, you've been in a place of transition. You've been pregnant for a long time yes. and now you're in a place of transition, which is the most confusing, the hardest and the most painful part of the whole pregnancy. Yeah. And now you've begun to wonder if it was even God that spoke to you in the beginning, or if you're pregnant at all with, with something that he gave you. Yes. But the, the short, just the short version of it, he said, so go back to the words that I spoke to you in the beginning. Go back to the words that brought to you the joyfulness of that expectancy, because I will bring it to pass this time. Yes. But it will be my time. It'll be my way. It'll be something that I produce in you. Yeah. So it's not something you're going to have to do this time. Uh, so far up till now, you've tried to bring it forth. Yes. But now go back to the word that I spoke to in the beginning. Go back to the word that brought you that joyfulness of that expectancy, and I'll bring it to pass. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, I was looking for a word that you gave, you gave me um, a couple of months ago. Uh, in fact, probably last year, but I've got so many articles. I've, I can't remember where it is, but um, but uh, yeah, I need to go back and refresh on that as well. So, but that that is the truth. That is the absolute truth. Yeah, we need to do that. It looks like our time's just about up, huh? Yes, it does. <laughs> uh, and I think we've reached. You know, it's a it's a challenging, sobering thought today. Um, um, is that we, we need to reconsider, rediscover, renew, refocus, um, get re-inspired, uh, you know, um, again in, in the arrangement of God for our life. Um, and especially now, you know, I, I, I just, I don't ever want to arrive at the end of my life and say, well, you know, gee, I wish I had, you know, I just, right, right. I never want to arrive and say, you know, I should have. Um, I asked my dad when he turned 70, just quickly, but when he turned 70 years old, I said, dad, you know, what, you're 70 years old now and lived the life. What would you have done differently? And he said, I, I, I should have done this, or I could have done that, or I could have done this, but I, I didn't do any of it. I just did what I, you know, did. And I, and now I regret doing what I did, you know? And so wow. I don't want to do that. You know, I want to, I right. want to live pointedly i want to live with impact you know so um and i'm sure you do too uh, you know right. whoever's listening and watching as well as just like everybody wants to live and we should be living with impact you know we weren't we weren't born to die well we are born to die but you know we weren't born to to get a job retire and die you know that right it's like I don't, we're born to make a difference so Anyway, just my own my own musings that I'm sharing. We are sharing today. So, thanks, Steve. I appreciate you being with him. Well, thank you. Giving your insights and uh, any last words of wisdom. <laughs> no, no, I'm all out. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Now that's good. Just checking. You know, you you you're this uh, sage of great wisdom. Oh yeah. <laughs> Bring out these nuggets at the last minute. All right. Well, thanks for being with us and hope you stayed right through uh, till the end. And uh, we'd love to hear from you, share your comments um, on the KLE podcast page, Facebook page. Um, you can go there. The video is there. 
Um, it's also on YouTube and it's on the, the KLE podcast itself. Um, but if you pop over to the page and share your comments below, we'd love to hear from you and just um, your, your own insights, challenges maybe um, in this area and uh, what is God saying to you um, about this right now. All right. So thanks for being with us. And until next time, this is Sean and Steve saying ciao for now. Ciao for now.